WBUR Podcasts, Boston. I'm Daryl C. Murphy, and you're listening to The Common. WBUR senior business reporter, Zeninjor Nwameka. Welcome back to The Common. Hey, Daryl. Good to be here. You've been busy, I understand. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, you recently wrote a story about how there's a new push to increase Massachusetts minimum wage. Now, last year, the state raised its minimum wage to $15 an hour, among the highest in the country. But now there's a new push to increase the minimum wage to $20 an hour. So, Zinninger, just give us a quick run through. Talk to us about how we got here. Yeah, it's been a long road to 15. So the fight for 15 was a big push over many years. Uh, It actually started over a decade ago. Mm -hmm. And in Massachusetts, legislation to make that a reality finally came to fruition in 2018. And it was part of this so-called grand bargain, this massive piece of legislation in 2018. And That legislation kept the issue off the ballot. And with that legislation, Massachusetts became the third state at that time after California and New York to have a $15 an hour pay floor. That happened incrementally, of course, over the last five years, as you mentioned. And so that brings us to where we are now. Understood. And let's just note real quick, not every worker in the state makes at least $15 an hour, correct? Some are exempt from that. Yeah, that's correct. There are a few groups of workers that aren't covered under the minimum wage law. So, for example, it doesn't apply to agricultural workers, municipal workers and tipped workers. Um, Mm -hmm. And maybe it might be worth me noting that, you know, there are some other efforts underway to increase pay for those various groups. So there are some other bills and ballot measures um, aimed at addressing those particular groups that are exempt from the minimum wage law. Understood. Understood. Now, Massachusetts is at $15 an hour, was once the highest in New England, correct? But now it's been uh, exceeded by Connecticut, whose minimum wage now is at $15.69. Yeah, that's correct. That just happened, actually. Um, At the start of the year, Connecticut just uh, passed Massachusetts for the highest minimum wage in New England. um, And that's because their minimum wage is tied to inflation. Right, right. So speaking of inflation, it took five years of incremental increases to get Massachusetts to a $15 minimum wage. Now, a lot has changed economically over this time. At this point now, with this new push, Is it because people really can't live off of $15 an hour in Massachusetts? Is that the sense you're getting from folks? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you talk to workers, labor advocates, $15 an hour just isn't enough. They say it just doesn't cut it anymore. And really, that comes down to the fact that $15 an hour just isn't worth what it was when the fight for 15 first started again many many years ago and so the value of $15 is very different now and mm-hmm. this is a really big point for the raise up coalition that was the group that was behind the fight for 15 they're now behind this new fight 
to push the minimum wage to $20. And I spoke with Harris Grumman, who is part of that group. And he said, you know, by the time we got to $15 an hour, it was basically already outdated. If the minimum wage was worth in real dollars what it was worth at $15 in 2018 when we passed the bill to raise it to that, it would be worth $18 today. So it's already quite a bit behind what our goal was at the time we passed the bill. And another thing that I think is important uh, for people to think about is take-home pay. So what is it that people are actually able to take home after taxes, after paying health insurance? Mm. After both of those things, you're really not left with much if you make $15 an hour. And that was a point made to me by a Starbucks barista that I spoke with named Rob Stevens, who lives in Peabody. Everyone hears the hourly wage and they think, oh, that's good. But nobody thinks of the course of a month after taxes. And what that leads to is like, we make sacrifices. We're not only balancing bills, but we're figuring out what we can go without. Yeah. So, you know, Stevens explained to me that him and his family sit down every month, figure out what they can't go without. And right now for them, that means no heating oil. And Mm. he's also, you know, skipping on some much needed dental work because it's just too expensive and he can't swing it right now. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. The world's clean energy future relies on ancient elements still in the ground. Without mining, there will not be a clean energy transition. But pulling them out of the ground comes at an environmental and human cost. Mining is intrusive, but the results are the building blocks for products that we use every single day. I'm Meghna Chakrabarty. Join me on point for Elements of Energy, Mining for a Green Future, five special episodes. Listen and follow on point wherever you get your podcasts. Did you kill Marlene Johnson? I think you're one of the first people to have actually asked. From WBUR and ZSP Media, this is Beyond All Repair. A new podcast about an unsolved murder that will leave you questioning everything. Somebody should be in jail for murdering my sister. A woman who's never been believed. As long as they think I have done this, then they're not looking for who actually did this. And that's what makes it a cold case. No, it's a botched case. And a search for the truth, once and for all. Wow, it just gets more interesting. Beyond All Repair. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Be careful. You're digging in a place that's been very peaceful for a while. Do it anyway. Dig. And we're back with more from Zeninjor and Wemeka. Okay, so you have people having to uh, make these type of sacrifices. You know, $15 doesn't get you what it got you in 2018. So tell us about the advocacy and the legislation behind this effort for a $20 minimum wage in the state. 
Yeah, so the Raise Up Coalition is also pushing this new effort uh, to raise the minimum wage to $20. There are other labor advocates and groups that are also involved and uh, supporting it. So there are a pair of bills that would raise the minimum wage to $20 by 2027. And this is important index the minimum wage to inflation in the future. Right. That's a really big sticking point, something that several other states do, including Connecticut, as we mentioned before. So the legislation would also ensure that the minimum wage covers municipal workers. So like think teachers aides or school cafeteria workers, those workers who aren't currently covered by the minimum wage. The current legislation would also increase the sub-minimum wage for tipped workers to $12 by 2027, and then further setting it at 60% of the full minimum wage for future years. Mm -hmm. What kind of support does that have right now? Well, you know, labor advocates feel that, you know, they have a lot of support. But, you know, right now the legislation remains in committee. So we'll have to sort of wait and see what happens. And, of course, there are those who very much do not support this and oppose raising the minimum wage even further. Yes, that that brings me to my next question. Not to say that the entire business community is in opposition, but... These costs fall on businesses to pay these workers these wages. What do they have to say? I I would imagine that perhaps while it's not universal, I would imagine there is some pushback here. Yeah, there's definitely pushback from some business groups that very much oppose this. They say that increasing the minimum wage makes it harder, particularly for small businesses, to operate. One of those groups is the National Federation of Independent Businesses, and they feel very strongly about this. Their Massachusetts director, Christopher Carlozzi, told me that higher labor costs may get passed down to customers. So that means people will see higher prices for goods and services. And when that base wage increases, which is often meant for people who are just entering the workforce or, or people who may need a certain skill set getting into the workforce, that raises the whole pay scale. And when businesses are already paying more and that minimum rises, you know, that's where the problem lies. And Carlozzi also said that, you know, many employers are already paying above the minimum wage and are even offering bonuses and financial incentives to attract workers due to the post-pandemic labor shortages, which has been a huge issue. But, you know, it is worth noting that not all businesses are against raising the minimum wage. There are some business groups that see raising the minimum wage as a great thing for the economy, particularly around consumer spending. And that was something that I spoke to Holly Sklar about. Um, She's with businesses for a fair minimum wage. It's really important for folks to remember that workers are also customers. Money doesn't go out into a paycheck and then disappear when you raise the minimum wage. You know, employees at one business are customers at many other businesses. Yeah. And, you know, there are business owners as well who support raising the minimum wage. Uh, There's one business owner I spoke to who told me that paying higher wages has actually helped him retain more staff, uh, Mm. which has led to more productivity and higher sales. So where does this all stand now? We're pretty much at the top of 2024. What are these efforts looking like right now? Well, 
groups on both sides say they're going to continue, you know, pushing uh, for their causes uh, in this new year. And in terms of the legislation, it's in the Labor and Workforce Committee. It did have a hearing back in September. So now we just have to wait to see what happens as the bills, you know, wind their way through the legislative process, which can be quite long. And, you know, of course, there's always a chance that the legislature takes no action this legislative session. So in, if that happens, perhaps we might be looking ahead towards a potential new ballot effort on this. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Understood. Now, Zeninjor, before we go, I want to step back and ask you this. Now, earlier I asked you, are people able to live off of $15 an hour, right? But is $20 an hour enough for a person to live in Massachusetts? So that's a great question. And MIT has actually analyzed this. They have a living wage calculator. And for example, it found that a single adult with no children working full time in Massachusetts needed to earn $21.35 an hour in 2023 to support themselves. That living wage calculator also does a number of other calculations, including if you have kids, if it's a two-person household, four-person household. It's very interesting. And the other part of that analysis that's important is the fact that it does factor in critical expenses. And that's something that this minimum wage fight really highlights. You know, raising the minimum wage is one thing that many people feel is very necessary right now, given what it actually costs to live. There is also a recognition amongst the labor advocates that I spoke to that there's also a need to address housing affordability. We are in a housing crisis in Massachusetts, and so there are some of these expenses that really cause a lot of tension for people who earn minimum wage. And even if we increase the minimum wage, housing and some of these other costs will continue to be challenges. And so many people feel those things need to be addressed as well. Understood. Well, Zeninjor, thank you so much for coming through to The Common to talk to us about this. We really, really appreciate it. Sure. Thanks for having me. That's WBUR senior business reporter Zeninjor Nwameka. And that's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening to The Common. If you want to get in touch with us, please hit us up on Instagram at WBURTheCommon or send us an email at thecommon at WBUR.org. I'm Daryl C. Murphy, and I will talk to you tomorrow.